Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Thomas Crown, and this is my story. No, this is a PNC Wrestling, po- Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? I'm good. You, you had me confused. I figured I, I logged into the wrong Zoom channel. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I set my name to Thomas Crown because that is one of the movies that we have on tap today. And actually, um, after we finish our new segment, I'm going to run the, a few... Um, the next five that we're going to be covering next week, as well as the following. Absolutely. So, you know, we uh, we have plenty of new content coming with we have, this we new have, segment. We have the movie, our movie segment, and we have the usual Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT. And we are going to end today's show with the Stone Cold Steve Austin biography, which is the first of an eight-part series. Yes, and... Um, for for those that are interested, uh, in addition to that, uh, this obviously this won't be on this week's show, but um, Dark Side of the Ring is coming back starting May sixth, I believe. Yeah, May sixth. And, and once the, once that um, starts up again, we're gonna do weekly reviews of that. So I'm and the, the, I believe the first episode is Brian Pillman. I believe so too. So that that has my interest so i'm gonna have and, to i'm gonna have to mess around with your uh, with the controls here and rename you for that episode yes um actually um for the for those that are long time listeners of this show um you'll remember that um at one point i was such a big fan of Flying Brian filming that my mom had to call Flying Brian to the dinner table. <laughs> I am not kidding. Oh, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she used to laugh when she had to do that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's cool. Right. Okay, so we see we get into this week's show. Absolutely. Well, first of all, how was your week? My week was very slow. I had because I had to cancel both workouts because I had these weird burn-like injuries on on my thumb and index finger on my left hand. You know why? Because I see you. I see your videos. You're pulling those chains. Oh yeah, and the and the battle ropes. Yeah. Hey, come on! How are you getting burns? Yeah, well, you know, shit happens. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I see you're doing good in those videos. Yeah, I, um, working out is definitely a passion of mine for sure. So, well, so I don't understand. Is that is that like literally like a workout place that you go to, or? Yes, it is. It's oh, a, I, it's, no, I, I just said I've never seen like, like. Uh, that kind of those kind of uh, like that kind of equipment that they use for like workouts. I usually have seen the machines and the barbells and all that. Well, the, well, you have to remember that this is specifically um, a facility for lacrosse training. Oh, that's okay. like, yeah, I didn't know that. That's why you see the um, the green turf in the pictures all the time because it right. it, um, it emulates a lacrosse field. 
So they did, so they actually play there, like on their on their. Uh, no, no, but but a lot of a lot of the clients that work out there are lacrosse players. Oh, okay, cool. And so, um, like some of the, like two of the most famous lacrosse players that there are worked out there. So, um, and that's Paul Paul Rabel and Scotty Rogers. And um, uh, and I'll tell you what; those guys are freakishly strong. I swear to God, especially especially Scotty Rogers. He looks like fucking Thor. Like what the? <laughs> wow! It's like stop trying so hard, bitch. That's, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. You're, you're doing cool. You're doing good in those uh, videos. Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, my week was. Kind of slow here as well. You know what? Does this ever happen to you? Sometimes at the end of the week, you don't really remember what you did during the week. Oh, yeah. And, oh, my God. Because I can't even tell you, like, uh, what happened this week. Or, like, all I can say is it was a slow week, but I don't even remember anything that I really did. Well, you know, and that's been a much more common occurrence for me during this quarantine period. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's just, it's kind of like Groundhog Day Syndrome. Yeah, right. It's just the same shit over and over and oh, over again. Geez. Oh, like, and it's like, and like uh, here it's locked down again. I don't, you know, I, I can't even tell you how, what, how many times this is like the third or what, but something's got to happen. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really has, and no. um, it's just, it's just gotten to the point where I want to go back to Tim Hortons. I want to like just hang out and see people, like because I kept telling I've always talked about the Tim Hortons up where I transferred to going to Toronto. That place, I just like going there, like just hanging out there because it's just a cool atmosphere. Yeah, it, it, you know, and it's. I miss hanging out with people. Like, I haven't... The last time I hung out with any friends was, like, eight months ago. Like, um, who comes over here? Um, My dad's friend. He lives, like, around the corner, like, two minutes. uh, You go up my street, cross the street, and he's right there. He comes over. That's about it. Yeah, well, we we both need girlfriends badly. That's all I can say. I'm gonna have to wait because uh, you already know about the last one. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah, you decided to pull the plug on that one very wisely, in my opinion. Especially when when they're when they're saying, "Oh, we should we we need to get together. We need to um, we need to like you should come over. Like you can." Get, get like Uber and I'll pay half and you pay half and then or or they say oh they'll come into Toronto and like we'll hang up for the end. but they never give you their address uh, well so duh how, how, how do you expect anything to happen well that's that just tells me that it's funny as fuck yep so so uh say we get into the show Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So, of course, you saw the new graphics I created for that. Check it out. 
Yes, I did. And I that one for Elio's movie Emporium was my favorite. I think that should be the uh I think that should be the cover art for this um for this week's episode. All right, so and uh, we are going to get into that uh, new segment, some Elio's movie Emporium. And let me just stop this because uh fans can't hear it, but my alarm just went off there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was one. I was wondering, are we already starting to bore our co-host? <laughs> uh, well, usually we record this at seven p.m., but it's eight thirty right now. So um, I have that set up for nine p.m. when I have to step away from the computer. Yes, well, I will. Uh, I will take over for that brief interlude. And that being said, we got our first movie now. Of course, I started putting these movies into the year they were released, but I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give on. I'm just gonna make a. I'm just gonna make a random list and whatever, right? Right. So for now, it. I just uh, took. I just took the first five before I did that. So the first one is from like 1931. It's called City Lights. Have you heard of this one? I uh, no, I have not. Okay, so. Are you are you a fan of silent movies? Um, I I have seen several of them, and it took some getting used to. But once I once I kind of got used to it, then I could follow along. But right. it, it it took a little bit of time. So let me ask you, Charlie Chaplin, yes or no? Oh hell yes. Okay, City Lights. This is nineteen thirty one silent film with starring Charlie Chaplin. I never understood what the big deal with Charlie Chaplin was. And then, like, I always kept hearing about him. And, like, but I never actually sat down and watched a movie because I couldn't get into these silent movies. So. It can be a challenge. So, one day, I think it was Turner Classics that was playing it. They had one called City Lights. So, I decided, why not? I said, I pressed record on the DVR. And I just uh, I just let it record, and then I put it back, and I would sat down and watched it, and I get it. And this this was the first uh, Charlie Chaplin film I saw, and it was it's uh, has it's up there with it's one of my favorites. Yeah, let me um let me pull up the the, uh, the um synopsis while you're talking about it. Yeah, the, actually, I have the synopsis here as well, and uh, let me get. The, um, let me get all the other info on this as well. Cool. So, City Lights from 1931. We have Charlie Chaplin as the as the little tramp, as he was known. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what they called him. He used to ride the rails of the trains. So, it, it was released on April the 3rd, 1931. And the budget for this one, Ben, was $1.5 million. Which, which back in that time period was massive. And on the opening weekend, it did $9,102 US. And 46008 worldwide. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's pretty low, but, um, but you have... 
you have to keep in mind that it's low by today's standards, yeah. but 1931. Um, and actually, from what I'm looking at right now, I might have to go back and see if I can find this one because it's listed as one of the greatest films of all time. And also, according to the source I'm looking at, uh, the, the AFI ranked it number 11 on the list of best American films ever made. So, okay, Ben? Yeah. You said you have to, you have to see if you can find it. It is available on YouTube. I just found it on uh, YouTube. Yes, sir. Ah, well, aren't aren't you the most effective little research agent? Oh, well, I try. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, um, let me just make sure that this is, yeah, there we go. Oh, they had to film it backwards, of course, because, you know, copyright stuff. Although they have a, they have a, they have a couple of versions on there, so if you want to check it out, it's on it's available on YouTube. Okay, cool. All right, our next movie up we have from 1937, and Ben, I was telling you about this one off the air. We have from 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Now, this, of, of course, I've seen that one. I mean, I'm not. I actually haven't uh, until I got what? The, and until I bought the videos. Until Dude. I bought the video, this one came out on December twenty first, nineteen thirty seven. In, but it so, was released in the U.S. So wait, wait, wait a minute. So yes. as as we're talking, let me just clarify, ladies and gentlemen, because if I don't, I'm gonna have a heart attack. So, so as we we're talking about it right now. You've seen this movie or no? I've not seen the actual movie. I've seen a quite a silent version because because I'm gonna piss myself. When I was hold on a minute. (laughs) When I was six years old, all right. Yeah. I was given the Fisher Price movie theater right there. And for those, uh, since this is an audio podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Elio is actually holding up a physical version of the Fisher of the Fisher Price movie theater with the disc inserted. And now this this isn't the movie itself. This is actually a Lonesome Ghost, another Disney movie. But these every Saturday, I would go to the mall and I would. I would uh, my dad would buy me these little cartridges they put into the theater and you can watch it on the screen or against projection against the wall. So that was uh, my first uh, my first intro to Snow White. Because yeah. I do I do have that one. I just uh, never uh, got if, if I if I told my mother you've never seen that movie, like oh uh, God, she would just have a heart attack. She, no, but no I did I, I corrected that because I've seen it now. Yeah, well, I have it back here. 
And when and when did you see that movie for oh, the first years, time? Years ago, uh, when I when I first bought it. Uh, okay, okay. I can't yeah, remember. Like it was somewhere in the eighties or nineties. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I was I was legitimately getting ready to piss myself live on the PNC Regression Wrestling Podcast. I would have left a mark. Well, it's it's live. It's live. <laughs> I should clarify. It's live as we're talking about it. Uh, on April 24th, 2021 at 8.39 p.m. Uh, it, it will not be live when it is uploaded, but we do the best we can, people. So, uh, moving on to the next one. Um, this well, one, no. Sorry. Oh, is there more? Is there more? Am I, am I in trouble even hold more? On, hold on. Okay, hold on. Go on. This is a this is a rule. Whenever you discuss this movie, you disgusting violator. <laughs> okay, so out of the seven dwarfs, which one was your favorite? I know I really have a favorite. Motherfucker! I, I did. I did. No, I hold on. I did like uh, Happy and Doc. Yeah, uh, Doc was always my favorite. Yeah. Okay, you're you're for, you're forgiven. I don't have to perform any bodily functions, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, which is I'm sure a great relief to myself and our listeners. Okay, our next on our list. This movie I couldn't really find anything on. I don't know if you got anything. There, it's called. Seven Doors to Death, and it was released August sixteenth, nineteen forty four. Okay, let me let me see if I can. So the synopsis. Where where do you, where do you come up with these obscure movie Honestly, titles? I'm seeing why you know you went when you tell you, and yeah. this is this is true because whenever you know I record movies on my DVR, right. we had we had a channel called Silver Screen Classics. Okay. And I would record uh-huh. the, the main movie, which whether it was Nabil and Costello or some other movie. But after the movie that I was recording, they would have like a condensed version of an older movie. And this was one of the movies. I hadn't even heard of this one. Okay, so I I have it if you're interested here. All right, well, let's hear what we, we have. So according to, according to uh, Wikipedia... Um, it, it says, I hear you laughing and I have a retort at the end of this. So shut the hell up. Anyway, uh, it says at the Hamilton court shops in Los Angeles, a shot rings out in a darkened apartment. Oh, a, a woman screams and flees seeing a car driven by architect. Jimmy McMillan, played by Chick Chandler. She orders him at gunpoint to speed away. In the rush to get away, the car crashes and the woman disappears. After returning to the scene, McMillan finds a corpse. Oh my god. What kind of movie is this shit? Wow. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Because for 1944, this is awfully dark. That's um, why. That's why. Off, 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 when I, I told you off air, I said, "What the fuck?" 
even our even one of our fans chimed in uh, with his disgust at this movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Somebody, it was not me or Elio, had an allergic reaction to us uh, reviewing this film. But, anyway, but uh, yeah, I, I told off air. I told you this is one movie I, I'd stay away from because it's really bad. When I looked this up, I'm like, I can't. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> well, anyway, let me finish the synopsis. So, uh, McMillan right. finds a corpse and calls Captain William Hafe. <laughs> what the hell name is that? Um, by, the, by the time the police arrive, the corpse has mysteriously changed to that of a different victim. Sounds like this movie was well ahead of its time. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? I I already also have it pulled up in front of me, and let me tell you, there is no information about like the budget on this. It is one of those low budget movies made by some no name studio with a bunch of actors that uh, we've never even no one's ever even heard of. That's why when I saw this, I'm like, stay away. Uh, yeah, and um, I don't know. You know, this doesn't seem like the kind of movie that I would be no. interested in seeing. No, that's why I, I, I. The only reason I recorded it is because it was playing, and yeah, and um, the DVR automatically stops uh, once it's reached the full uh, two hours or however long uh, um, the recording is. Because I I would never plan to record this movie. So, but moving on, our our last two movies are actually uh, pretty good. Okay, so we're about to take an upswing. Okay, good. Well, for myself, the next one is a musical from 1944. This was released in November 28, 1944. It's called Meet Me in St. Louis. I don't do well with musicals. You don't do well with musicals. No, which is really funny because I've always said that, and then my my mom's classic retort is always, like, "What about Disney movies?" I'm like, "That's an exception. Don't you dare start talking. <laughs> don't you dare start talking about Disney movies in a negative light." I'm well, like, "Nope, I will not have it." Well, for 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 this one, me and Sam because. Like you, I don't. I have to be in the mood to like see him get into musicals. But this one, I've never seen. I've only heard of. But so I thought I'd record it off of Turner one night, and uh, this this is uh, one of my favorites, starring Judy Garland. And you already know. I'm sure you recognize the name. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not a dumbass. Like, you no, know, I'm saying for for. Everyone knows who Judy Garland is. If you don't know yeah. the name, look it up. Um, yeah, please educate yourselves and and go see a movie called uh, The Wizard of Oz and stop embarrassing yourself. <laughs> right. But uh, I just thought it was a, it was a it was a fun movie. All right, let's uh, see if what we can find pull up on this movie. Here. So I already have it up. All right. So, so it's 
It says it's actually a Christmas musical film. Yes. And it was divided into a series of seasonal vig- vignettes or Vin- vignettes. Vignettes. Come on, Ben. Vignettes. They, they do vignettes in wrestling. Come on. Well, I'm. I know. But I've. Always, I've always had. I know what they are. You stupid son of a bitch. I just had trouble for not the pronunciation of the word. Vignettes. Anyway. I do the same thing. Um. Let's see. It's. It says that that the plot. Let's. See, what does it say about the plot? Um. It says it is summer 1903. The Smith family leads a comfortable upper middle class life. Uh, Alonzo Smith and his wife Anna have four daughters. Well, of course they do. What else is there to do in 1903? Um, <laughs> uh, Rose, Esther, Agnes, and and Tootie. Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> Tootie. Uh, all, right, all right. And Esther. Right yes. there, Judy Garland. It, 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 exactly. It says. Um, no, did you see the screen? Yeah. Oh, oh hold on. Uh, let me pull you up. Oh, yeah. See, she was so pretty. I know. So, like, uh, outside of Wizard, no one. Everyone just like recognizes her for Wizard Ross, but like that's why, like that's one another thing I like about this movie is you get to see her outside of that role. How did her daughter end up being so strange? So okay, go on. Anyway, um, it it says let's see, the Esther, the second eldest daughter is in love with the boy next door, John Truitt, although he does not notice her at first. Tootie is riding along with Iceman Mr. Neely and disputing that St. Louis is the best city. Uh, Rose, the eldest daughter, is expecting a phone call during which she hopes to be proposed to. Uh, While the call takes place, she is embarrassed when not only does... Her boyfriend, Warren, failed to propose, but also the entire family is present as she takes the family call, as she takes the call during family dinner. See, that uh, see, now it's just wrong. If you're having yeah. dinner, why do you have to call during dinner? Yeah, what, Warren, you fucked up there, buddy. <laughs> um, Esther finally gets to meet John properly when he is a guest at the, or Esther, not Ellen. Uh, at the Smith's house party, although her chances of romancing him don't go as planned when after all the guests are gone, he is helping her turn off the gas lamps throughout the house. He tells her she uses the same perfume as his grandmother and that she has a mighty strong grip for a girl. Oh, oh. Sounds like a recipe for the dreaded friend zone. <laughs> Stay <laughs> the fuck away from the friend zone. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna read this whole thing because it's, no, no, it's no. quite long. Yeah. Um, but 
this does seem like a better film than the other two we just talked about. I, I would check it out. Uh, I'll tell you right, I would check because I've seen my first time seeing it, I really enjoyed it. But that brings us to our last film. Ben, are you ready? Yeah. Our last film for this week is The Thomas Crown Affair from 1968. Yeah, and uh, that was actually remade in, into a 1999 movie starring Pierce Brosnan, I think. Yes, uh, uh, but uh, for me, um, I haven't seen the 99 remake. I might go check it out. Well, neither have I. I mean, I, don't, I only saw like little bits and pieces of it. For, for right now, I'm going to say that this I really enjoyed the original, like just the way it was filmed, which it was, I guess, I guess it was like, it was uh, new for the time period where they would like film the movie in little, uh, boxes of different scenes. Right. So I, I believe you told me that you did, did that in James Bond movies as well. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I, I have, the only, the only other times that I have seen boxes such as the one you're describing are in uh, James Bond movies. So yeah, this one starred Steve McQueen and let me read the synopsis here. A debonair adventuresome bank executive believes he has pulled off the perfect multi-million dollar heist only to match wits with an insurance investigator who will do anything to get her man. And this one, let's take a look at the box office for this. For Thomas Crown Affair 1968, it did it had a budget of four million, four point three million dollars, and it did a worldwide of forty three thousand fifty U.S. with a thirteen thousand eight hundred thirty four on the opening weekend. So let's let's see, um, is that would that be considered? Oh, yeah, I guess that would be. Yeah, well, this was 1968. This one stars Steve McQueen and uh, Faith Dunaway. Well, then, yes, just by the stars, it, it would have been successful. And, and like I'm reading here, it made $14 million overall. And Faye Dunaway fans, go look up Supergirl. You'll know her better from that one. Exactly. So that concludes our movie segment for this week. Ben, I have the next five, or actually the next ten lined up. Oh boy, I'm going to be busy. Holy shit. So actually, back up on the, on the Thomas Crown Affair for a minute because okay. I'm, I'm curious because fans, um, unlike other segments that we've done where where we watch the shows and then review them. Uh, I must confess that most of the movies that Elio has or, and undoubtedly will bring up, I have not seen uh, because a lot of these movies, quite frankly, are well before my time. Well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I haven't forgotten about you. I have a whole bunch of 80s movies on this list as well. Okay, very good. 
because no, like in all seriousness, I would actually like to be able to watch some of these before we review them because I feel like you know we could do a better job with it then. But um, but I'll tell you what, for for just starting out with the segment, um, I I quite like it because it uh, it educates me to as to a different era, must much like your uh, much like my forays into eighties pro wrestling pay-per-views do but anyway um about about this movie here um quick question about that yes sir um from from what you've from what you have seen of the 1968 version would would that get a recommendation to watch it or would you give it a pass Yes, no, I no, I actually even uh, messaged you off air. I would, I think you would really like this version. I enjoyed this one. Okay, very good. And uh, yeah, so I will have to, um, I will have to see if I can find it. I'm, I'm sure I could. I mean, I don't know, if, I don't know if you've noticed this, ladies and gentlemen, but since the beginning of this pandemic, stream, streaming services have reached the point of, oh my god. I mean, seriously, like, other than like the WWE network and then obviously Netflix, um, I wasn't really familiar with any other large um, streaming services on a consistent basis, perhaps outside of Hulu. But since then, I mean, I've discovered some that previously I didn't even know about. And have you downloaded any apps or whatever on your television? Well, I it's funny because I've discovered that since I got this new TV, um, which I just had installed uh, last month, it's it's, it's wonderful. I it's a 50 inch TV, and and I forgot to tell you this on top of that. Just two days ago, I had a I had my own fridge installed in my bedroom. Correct. Wait, 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 back in college. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, motherfucker. Because... Party at Ben's. It's the frat house. It's the frat house. Uh, the place to be. Well, Ben's actually, frat house is the place to be. Jeez. Actually, because I I um. Because of the CP, I uh, never really went away to college because I always right. I, I always would need help. So I never really got right. that kind of college uh, experience. Uh, it's kind of um, no, it's kind of cool though. But it's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Open up a Pierce Weiser. <laughs> exactly. AKA. <laughs> now there are two options when you're talking about a Pierce Weiser. It is either a Mountain Dew or an IBC Green Soda. But anyway, um, so yeah, since my room got remodeled, I'm very happy. Um, I will have to, I'll have to show you uh, my fridge via uh, via vi- video chat later on. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to see if I can find some of these movies before we review them. Of course, I don't, of course, I don't expect you to watch every single one. Even I wouldn't watch every single one. Well, no, and, and to be honest with you, especially with the older ones, I don't think that we could find all of them. You know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, 
I'm pretty sure we can find the Charlie Chaplin ones because yep. he's con- he's considered an icon. But in terms of some of the other ones, I'm not sure. And uh, so I have those ones listed. I have the next uh, ten. And and where are they? So our first on this is called Angel and the Batman. That's a Western from like, I believe, 1966. See, Ben's allergic to Westerns. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Sorry, I I tried to spare you by taking my headphones off, but I'm not sure how successful I was. Following that, we have, this is kind of a Christmas movie, and when it's, we can even uh, move on, we can even uh, leave this one out. It's called Tenth Avenue Angel from uh, 1948. I, I prefer not to do a Christmas movie for the for these. That's just me. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Uh, we will re- we will take those that one out and the Scrooge as well because we don't need to. We are everyone knows about Scrooge. Yes. So let me just make this, and let me. Uh, really and if you, if you have not seen the the Bill Murray version of that, please please do something with your life, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, Scrooge! Uh, oh, that's on this list. We're gonna get to that. We'll get to, we'll get to that. I consider that a classic. I and, love that movie. And if you disagree with me, quite frankly, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, so, so here we go. We have Angel and the Batman. Uh, we have Cinderella, which is another Disney movie, of course. Um, we have Abilene Costello meet the Invisible Man. I'm sorry, what was it? Abilene Costello meet the Invisible Man. Okay. That one's pretty good. I I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if yeah, what you how you feel about that one. Uh, this one, I'm not sure about this. The 400 blows, uh, I'm on the side. I'm gonna leave it there, but I'm gonna see exactly what it is. Then we have the Magnificent Seven, that's a that's another one from 1960, another Western. Yeah, that was that was remade somewhat recently. Yep, this next one. Ben, I just saw this. Um, what it's Saturday night, right? I watched this on Thursday night from 1960. It's called Circus of Horrors. How how was that, dude? I I thought okay. This first of all, this is a British film. It was it like a UK company uh, released this one, and when I saw the trailer. Being that the way the way it looked, like the way it was filmed, I thought it would be really bad. This has become my fa- one of my favorite horror movies of the '60s. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I. Uh, well, I'm sorry. What was, what was it called again? I got distracted with a it, message. It's called Circus of Horrors. Yeah, I, I was never really into uh, horror movies. I. Uh, did I did I ever t- did I ever tell you what happened when uh when my dad took my brother and I to see Red Dragon from two thousand two? Uh, you were talking about this. Uh, what, what was it again? It was um, yeah. So my dad took my brother and I to see Red Dragon in two thousand two. My brother my brother has always um 
you know, kind of kind of enjoyed, um, you know, Hannibal Lecter and all that kind of stuff. And now, now, now that I'm older, I do too. Um, but but back when I was 14, that wasn't the case. And somehow my brother uh, got me to go see Red Dragon with him. And unbeknownst to me, uh, Anthony Hopkins, who, um, who actually no, this was a this was with Ray Fiennes as the Red Dragon, and unbeknownst to me, he performed a lobotomy on a living individual uh, <laughs> while the while the person was awake and talking to him. So, so after after I witnessed this man having his brain contents rearranged, uh, literally, um, I I kindly asked my dad to remove me from the uh, from the funeral, from the movie theater because I would almost pass out. And he told me to see Tarzan instead. Oh, you took me to see what instead? Tarzan. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, you know what? I can't do the really gory slasher movies like that were really bloody and stuff like that. But well, this, I, mean, I mean, this this wasn't a slasher, but still. Oh, no, I know, no, I know. I'm saying like. see a live action Lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm saying like like really graphic uh, horror movies like that. I'm not in time, but like this one is far from that. Like you sure you have like death scenes, but like there's nothing really bad. All right, cool. So uh, the next one we have is James Bond, Doctor No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I'll definitely look for that one. Then we have the Sorry. I think Sean Connery was always my favorite James Bond. That's just me. Then we have the Frozen Dead, Blood Mania, and I Drink Your Blood. That's but those ones. I well, can't. I don't even know if I'm gonna. Where, if they can be found. I'm not. I'm not even gonna attempt them. I, 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 I can guarantee you, I won't be watching a movie called no. "I Drink you Your Blood." You know what? You don't even have to. <laughs> I, you know, I'll review it. I won't even watch it. I'll just say that I watch it and not and pass. Exactly. So. But, moving um, on. That, no, that's uh, so those. <laughs> those are the um the next ten that we have. The listeners are like, I thought this was a wrestling podcast. Oh, no, we're gonna, we're gonna get into the rails it. pretty fast. Well, no, we're gonna get into that. Ben. That brings our movie segment to a close. Uh, now we're gonna get, we're gonna get into Monday Night Raw. Oh my God! You know, Elio. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I no no. This isn't a bad thing. I just <laughs> I find myself being uh consistently jealous of you oh um because you don't have to watch monday night raw because you do the podcast on monday nights and let me tell you ladies and gentlemen however sorry before you continue however i said last week uh that i would watch it and i did actually have notes so i'm gonna bring those up so i can follow along 
Oh my god. Because I did yeah. watch it. So I told you I, I told you I'd watch it and uh so I could follow along. This this show is a fucking embarrassment. I, I mean like literally I feel like my IQ drops every time I watch Monday Night Raw. I really do. Um, and and I've said this before, ladies and gentlemen, but I, I mean it with every ounce of my being. Were it not for my my passion regarding this podcast, you know, and the fact that um, both Ilio and I built this thing from the ground up. There's no way in hell I would watch Monday Night Raw. Before we close out, I'm going to say something about something you brought up uh, offline. Absolutely. Yeah, go on. Absolutely. Um, And uh, yeah, that was very exciting. So we will share that news later on. But um, let's talk about something slightly less exciting. (laughs) And that is Monday Night Raw. Are these people even capable of writing anything compelling? I mean, so so recently, uh, Drew McIntyre became the number one contender for the WWE Championship again. It's just they have nobody else going for the role. And... Um, and Mac McIntyre immediately starts to um, starts to talk about getting attacked by Mason Tubar at the end of last week's show. Oh, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. Is it just me or are his promos just so bad? Like it's like you got to believe in your dreams. You gotta go for it. You know, it's like okay, uh, stop. Just stop. Yes, yes. this uh, this baby face run of Drew is is not, I'm serious. It's very forced. And to your point, I know. Like, it's hard. It's hard to swallow. So anyway. He accuses uh, MVP of being the mastermind behind having Mason T-Bar attack him. Uh, And it's worth noting that later on in the evening, uh, McIntyre does um, unmask both Mason T-Bar. And we are, unfortunately, we're getting a repeat of last week's main event this week. Uh, when Drew McIntyre um, will will team, let me just make sure I get this right. So, Magin, if if I can just do this properly, yes. So, so as if as if one match featuring Mason T Bar and Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman wasn't enough. We are getting a repeat of that main event this coming Monday. And ladies and gentlemen, I cannot describe to you my desire to take an elongated break during that match and not have to suffer through it. Oh my God. I, I literally cannot tell you how much I hate the idea of having to watch that match again. Uh, but in, in the interest of, of conserving time and my sanity, 
instead of going segment by segment on Monday Night Raw, because I'm not a saint and I don't have the patience to do that, and I'm sure you don't either, as a val- <laughs> as a valued listener of this show, and I respect your time too much to waste your fucking time. Um, you, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure I can find a highlight to this show. Ben. Yeah. I'm stepping away. Okay. Uh, yes, as Elio steps away to escape the <laughs> the aura of Monday Night Raw, the lucky bastard. <laughs> um, allow, allow me to navigate you through the noxious gas that it actually is. You, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not really sure I can find a high plane for you on this show. I think, um, I do think that uh, Mace and T-Bar uh, getting unmasked and, and kind of finally moving away from retribution and kind of like a final splitting um, will, will be a good thing. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where they go from here, but anything has to be better uh, for uh, for the two of them, other than retribution, because retribution in terms of the stable, I, I gotta tell you, folks, um, I think that might be the biggest fail in terms of the stable in WWE uh, history, at least that I can think of um, in the last at least twenty five years. I can't really think of another one that failed this miserably from the word jump. Um, but, you know, other than that, I, um, you know, Raw is just always the same. It, 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 it really is. And, you know, like I was, I'll give you another example. Okay, now the Viking Raiders just came back from in, from an elongated absence um, due to um, due to uh, a, a neck injury suffered by um, Ivar, and and you know now granted Adnan Verk has only been on the show for uh, two weeks now. But on two separate occasions, he improperly referred to the um, to the Viking Raiders finishing maneuver as the Viking Express when it's actually the Viking experience. And, and the first time he said it, um, Cordy Graves corrected him. And then even after, he got corrected. He called it the Viking uh, ex- Express again, um, which I uh, which I just don't understand. So unless unless Anon Verk does a lot of studying and a lot of improvement in the coming weeks, um, I don't see him lasting too long. Because some of these uh, mistakes are quite eye-rolling. Now, that's not to say that I don't understand that he's new and he needs time. So I'm willing to give him a little bit of 
leeway, but uh, you know that leeway is not going to last forever. Um, and then the the only other like real surprise uh, from Monday Night Raw outside of um, Mason Tivar T- getting unmasked was Riddle um, getting a getting a pinfall victory over um, Randy Orton. I'm not sure why they did this. Um, it was it was a very I thought it was a very good match. Um, it, it it ended uh, when um, when Orton hit the hanging DDT, but then um, Riddle reverses the RKO attempt into a crucifix to secure the pin. Now, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I really like Riddle and the and the fact that he got um, that he got this win is very very cool. Um, but I'm not sure what they're what they're hoping to accomplish with this in the long run because one this was done completely out of nowhere um, and two um, I don't have faith in WWE to tell a continuous well-planned out story and if I told you I thought they actually had one for Riddle after the way he's been booked on the main roster I would be lying to you so yes as a fan of Riddle I appreciated the nice um, surprise that he would win however I am I am too seasoned of, of a fan to completely Mark out over Riddle getting a victory over uh, the purveyor of the RKO being Randy Orton. I just um, I just don't have faith in in WWE's long term long term storytelling capabilities on that one. Um, oh my lord! And then, ladies ladies and gentlemen, after after that. We have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Lana and Naomi. And Elio, you've returned right on cue. <laughs> oh, no. I could, I could use you for this. Uh-oh. So I just, got, I just got finished describing my high points for Monday Night Raw. And we're about to move on to the low points. Oh, this was bad. No. No. Can you guess what my first low point is going to be? It'd be Naomi and uh, Lana versus Nia Jackson. She should be a star. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for him, Johnny? This is one hell of a smart son of a bitch. <laughs> Disguised as my co-host, Elliot Kamala. <laughs> I, I, I am so proud of you, uh, man. God yeah. damn. Now that was that was a good way to lift my spirits on a Saturday night. Let me tell you that. What is what is Lana doing in a ring, and why are they bastardizing Shayna Baszler like this? I just, I truly don't understand it at all. If somebody could explain to me why Shayna Baszler is being treated the way she is. I would I would love for someone to tell me a uh, 
a, a well thought out explanation for this because I can't find one. Oh my god. <laughs> this um, bad. And then, okay, another low point. Here we go with Miz TV featuring oh, the Miz and Rory. Stop, stop with this. Miz TV, I've had it. Kill me now. Kill me now because we were forced to having uh to having Miz stripped down to his underwear. Again, wait this this time he did it. What no no this was this was Damian Priest making fun of him for this. So once again they ran the clip. And I had to see it again for the second consecutive week. And ladies and gentlemen, Your I, poor can't, eyes. I can't tell you <laughs> how, how much I suffered witnessing this again. The most I can tell you is that, that every time I watch Monday Night Raw, my, my straightness is reaffirmed in a very... Very strong fashion. <laughs> because I cannot tell you how revolting I find the sight of the Miz in his underwear. I don't need to see that on my screen. <laughs> well, no, you, no, you don't. And nobody does to tell you the truth. <laughs> Elias versus Kofi Kingston was a low point. Or, um, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't. A, yes, it was. It was Kofi versus Elias. That's just a low point. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Mason T-Bar in a handicap match that wasn't actually a handicap match because right in the middle of that handicap match. Here comes Braun Strowman down to ringside to just randomly insert himself into a tag match with Drew McIntyre against T-Bar and Mace. Now, I I ask you, Elio, what is the point of, number one, granting Drew McIntyre a uh, handicap match earlier in the evening despite... Um, Despite Mr. Pierce, um, and by Mr. Pierce, I mean Alan Pierce, not myself. Um, despite Mr. Pierce um, asking uh, Drew to find a uh, tag team partner on many occasions. Um, so not only that, but he's, Drew McIntyre repeatedly says he doesn't need a partner. He's good with a handicap match. So Adam Pierce books the handicap match only to have Braun Strowman come out mid-match to be Drew McIntyre's tag team partner. Like, why would – so my question to you would be, why would you even advertise a handicap match if that, if that was what you were going to do in the first place? Why not just make the tag match and there you go? Not that I'm a fan of it of this tag match, but Jesus Christ, what the fuck are they doing? 
Yeah. Um. U U.S. title match: Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo. I couldn't care any less at all. And then, uh, main event wise, we get Oscar versus Charlotte, and the actual uh, match didn't mean anything. But after that, uh, the um, after Charlotte lost, she decided to kick the living bejesus out of the referee. I saw that. What the hell? I was like, what? What's going on right now? <laughs> and, and she. She has been suspended in storyline, and the story coming out of the out of that, um, according to the dirt sheets, um, is that she is having dental work and needs some some time off. Okay. If, that, if that was if that were the case, why did she just return? Wow. Like she just returned, and now and now you're saying she needs time off for dental work. Um, why not just give her the time off, have her get the dental work, and not worry about it? Time off for dental work. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is going on? So anyway, um, and and once again, ladies and gentlemen, the website that I'm using continually disappoints me with the ratings that oh, no. they get. They give this show. Hold they, on, hold on, hold on. First of all, what, what's your rating? Um, a two. <laughs> what, what did the website give it? Before I tell you that, what would you rate this edition of? of... No, I give it a, no, I'm, I'm right there. I give it a two. Okay. So this website, can I get a drum roll, please? This website gave this episode of Monday Night Raw a 6.5 out of 10. Why? I'm just going to read the explanation. And I'm not going to name the author. But, and look, I'm not, I'm not knocking the author for this because everybody has different opinions. But but I I just I want to I want to read this because I um I I want to understand it and I'm gonna get your thoughts on this as well. So according to the author of this review, he says I went back and forth on the overall rating as this was a huge upgrade from last week, but they are doubling down on so many of the repetitive slash doll slash stupid ideas. So this author clearly isn't enti- entirely off base here. So I appreciate that. Uh, Riddle is still getting way too much time. Uh, Mason T-Bar didn't exactly look do- dominant. We're, si- we're still living in Charlotte's world. And Mandy Rose slipping is one of the bigger stories on the show. You would have almost no idea that WrestleMania was eight days ago, and that shouldn't be the feeling. The show wasn't the worst and was a big improvement over last week, but it still wasn't exactly good. Better, but they still need to fix a lot of the problems. So, after reading that review, it sounds like this 
particular individual is not a complete dumbass, uh, as the 6.5 rating would indicate. But then I am forced to ask, well, if you agree with the co-host of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, by the way, my name is Ben. His name is Elio, in case you didn't catch that at the beginning of the show. So if you agree with us, then why would you give it a 6.5? I don't understand. This, I swear, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read his, his final thoughts until, until just now, and I'm surprised over the nature of his comments given his final rating, and I'm just very confused. But um, I will, uh, I will save my voice. And I will shift. Um, I will shift the virtual mic over in Elio's direction um, for his take on NXT. Elio, what do you have? All right, so NXT, let's see what we have here. So, of course, NXT this week, uh, it's on its new night of Tuesday nights, and we kick off this show with LA Knight defeating... Dexter Lewis in nine minutes and forty-eight seconds. Okay, I see. I'm so angry over that that I have to step aside and grab a Mountain Dew out of my refrigerator. <laughs> um, so give give me a second because I have to collect myself. All right. Okay. So um, this was interesting. Um, again, Dexter Lewis. Uh, they were on the outside. Dexter gets slammed into the. Cage, of course, we have Indy Hartwell on the other side, and she's cheering Dexter on. Then she jumps barricade. Um, LA Knight picks up the win, and following that, Indy jumps over the barricade into the ring, and she she's going to climb into the ring with Dexter Loomis. However, the way runs out and they pull her off the apron and they pull her back. So that was that. Then we, in the next match, we had the Grizzled Young Veterans defeating Fandango and Tyler Breeze, or Breeze Ango. Uh, this was just a throwaway match. Um, nothing special here. Um, next, we have the debut of Saray, the Warrior of the Sun. As she defeats Zoe Stark, which upsets me because if you're gonna have Saray debut, why not give her uh, someone else to debut against instead of Zoe Stark, who is someone that also needs some wins because she's still new herself. So why would you do that to her? But that's just me. Then we had Kushida, the new Cruiserweight Champion, defeating Oni Larkin in a defending the Cruiserweight Championship match, defending the Cruiserweight Championship, defeating Oni Larkin in uh, 9 minutes and 24 seconds. And Michael Horse has returned with Mountain Dew. Yes, from my personal refrigerator. 
um, but um, was it just me, or did only Oregon seem like a very random challenger for the cruiserweight title? Yeah, that was really weird because I don't see him as a cruiserweight champion. I don't see him as a cruiserweight. No, he, he's, a, he, he's a tag team wrestler. He's not a cruiserweight. So, yeah, that was just very random. And then next we had Imperium, and this was pretty much a squash match as they defeated Everrise. And I swear, I don't get this team. I'm just not a fan. No, I'm not either. We're, just, we're, talking, about, we're talking about Everrise, obviously, not Imperium. And in the in the main event, we had Kyle O'Reilly defeating Cameron Grimes. Now, Ben, you said you didn't want, you didn't see this uh, an episode of NXT. Uh, no, I did. Oh, you did. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, ben, now look. <sighs> Kyle O'Reilly's promo at the beginning of NXT. Come on, no, it, it was a mess. It was. It was. Stupid! And what, what was that with the sunglasses? Can somebody turn the lights up in here? <laughs> I mean, he, he looked—he looked like he looked like Ferris Bueller having a day off. I mean, it's just kind of really stupid. Oh my god! And and uh, well, I had to rewind this because I couldn't believe I—I I actually heard him say this when he said, "I like it a lot." I had to rewind it because I couldn't believe I heard that. Yeah, it's, it was it was very strange. Not even Kevin Grimes could have saved that segment. That was just bad. Yeah, that was that was poorly executed. Oh my god! I was, uh, okay, so that that's uh, my review of NXT. It was just a not, not a very good show this week. See, I, I didn't like it. See, I no, I I didn't either because. Um, you know, number number one, uh, L.A. Knight beating Dexter Lumis. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that's enough to make me sick in and of itself. I think Indy Hartwell um, um, jumping the barricade and climbing into the ring only to be pulled back by the way. It's just stupid. I mean, what... <laughs> What is this? Is this high school musical or professional wrestling? And uh, I, the way you made it sound, I thought you were joking, but index that is a terrible name. <laughs> no, ladies and gentlemen, I swear to God. Uh, and I, no, and, and I believe you because I saw it actually written across my screen. <laughs> like, oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> wow. uh, no, I because literally. Ladies and gentlemen, I could. It's it's not within my realm of capability to come up with something that stupid. <laughs> like, like I believe you. No, I I I believe you. Like when you told me, but I'm like, I when I said I couldn't believe, I'm like, no, because that just sounds weird. And then I actually saw my own eyes. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Okay. okay, by the way, I'm looking at um, the website I'm using. Um, it's listing this as TV eps- NXT uh, TV episode number 450. It's 50 away from 500. Jeez. I wonder well, what good. they're going to do for that 500th episode. Well, good for them. But um, I have to say, unfortunately, uh, this new brand of NXT is nowhere near 
uh, the NXT that we fell in love with. It's it's not. I miss those days. Those were that, that that NXT was so fun to watch every week, and I didn't. And it's too bad I didn't get to watch it because we we only got like we only never got like the full NXT from like when it first started after it did switch from that reality show. Yeah. Well, that reality show was terrible. Um, I'm saying but, like, um, yeah, from when it switched to the NXT that we knew. Yeah. I wish I had gotten to see that one more because they didn't uh, start showing it. Uh, they didn't start airing it right away up here. Yeah, well, Canada was always slightly behind the U.S. Oh. In, in, in terms of in terms of that, so <laughs> yeah, like uh, we they they just uh, moved that to two hours uh, for NXT. Just recently, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because um, and uh, they just uh, moved it to uh, I believe uh, went Tuesday nights because I will be- I believe you should you should issue a, a letter of complaint to your prime minister because we we were we were uh, they were airing NXT on Friday nights they had like a one hour a condensed version of NXT I missed a lot oh, <laughs> I, had, wow. I had to, I had to watch it on uh, on the on the online well that sucks for you but yeah you know but that being said um you know as as much as as much as nxt now is nowhere near what it was back then i would still have to say that it is drastically better than the main roster mm-hmm. um which it which it isn't saying much because the main roster is such a low bar and and that's not sour grapes i think i think most people if you've chosen to click play on this um podcast um i I think we can at least agree on that one even if you um don't agree with everything we say here on this show which which is perfectly fine because because you know we're all human beings and we all have different ways of looking at things, but I think we can all agree that wrestling now is so much worse than it was, uh, you know, ever before in history, and it, it's just it's so sad. Um, but uh, you know, but I guess that runs with the theme of a very uh, sad edition of NXT on USA. So. Uh, moving on, are you are you doing AEW or am I? Uh, uh, do you want to take AEW because uh, yeah, you said you wanted AEW and uh, SmackDown. I believe you said. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let me. Um, All right. So let me pull. Hold, hold on. Let me pull up AEW real quick. Hold on. Um, cue the Jeopardy theme in the interim. Dun, 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 dun. All right, L- ladies and gentlemen, he actually queued up the Jeopardy entrance theme. I love this son of a bitch. I was I was completely joking, and he actually queued up the, the Jeopardy entrance theme. God, God. 
I love you, Elio. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, let's let's see if I can. Uh, here we are. So um, I had to tell you that um, this week's edition of of Dynamite was much better than the show has been um, as of late. Um, I was actually quite impressed um, with this show. Now, um, the first match of the evening was Ricky Sarks versus Hangman Page. And if you had, if you'd asked me, um, you know, right when AEW got started, you know, who are two of the guys that are going to be, you know, at the forefront in a couple of years, I would have told you then, and I'm telling you now that two of those names are going to be Hangman Page and Ricky Starks. I am, I am completely, I am completely sold on that. Um, now, um, as for the match itself, um, this match was, it was, it was, it was, um, actually pretty damn decent for an opener. I will say, I enjoyed AEW, it. um, what? I enjoyed it. Yeah. AEW does very good, very good work with their with their opening matches on Dynamite. I I always find them to be some of the best matches of the evening, um, and this was this was no exception. Um, but there was one very very scary moment. So after um, so after um, Hangman hit. A fallaway slam um, from the middle rope on Starks. The very next sig, the very next move was a lariat by Hangman Page. Hold on, was, was that the fallaway slam into that pin that he did? Yes, and and, oh, then, okay. and then the very next move following the kickout was. The lariat by Page, and as a result of this lariat, I'll tell you, um, Ricky Starks landed directly on his neck, and that that was that made me very very nervous um, because it it looked completely nasty. Um, so I was very relieved that uh, that Starks wasn't significantly injured. Um, but that that being said, uh, minus that hiccup, this was a very nice show opener. Um, next up, we have Trent versus Penta, which is a very odd. Um, it's a very odd uh, pairing for a match. Do you mean Trent? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still don't get why they have that question mark after his name. You know, I I don't I don't understand I don't understand it. <laughs> even even Justin Roberts announced him that way. Trent. Yeah, perhaps he needs to go ask Sue what name was on his birth certificate again, just to reassure himself. I don't know. Um, but 
Look, I love Penta. Um, he's right up there with his brother Ray Phoenix in my. This was book. not a good match. But this was not a this was not a good uh, pairing. I didn't think. But okay, I like Penta. But you know what? I'm really getting tired of seeing his whole like whatever he does with that symbol, that sign, or whatever. You talking about Penta? Yeah. Oh, knows, he, he always does that with that, like, and he he like put it right up to Trent's head. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's his, part of his shtick, but it is overplayed. I agree with you. Um, Hikaru Shida and uh, Tay Conti had a very solid women's. Oh my match. god, this match! Yeah, I, I oh, really, I enjoyed. Uh, I love this match. I really enjoyed it uh, very much. So um, now, apparently, well, apparently, I, 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 because I followed Tay Conti on uh, Instagram, she posted a tweet that said that was the highest rated segment with one point one million. Well, well, you know, if I if I if you'd have told me that, I'm not sure I would believe I would believe you because because if if it were me, the highest. Uh, Viewed segment should have been for, for the women, uh, should have been Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa from several weeks ago. Um, in no, I'm talking about that, I'm talking about for this episode of Dynamite. No, I know, I know you are, but I'm just, I'm just saying, um, that, um, you know, if, um, if something was gonna get the, uh, oh, the yeah, atten- the attention of viewers, then I would take, uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa over this match. But having said that, it doesn't surprise me that this match got the most attention of the evening because this was actually very good. It was. Um, so that that's a that's a high point for me certainly. Um, oh my God, uh, Miro and Kip Sapien. That was a low point. I don't care. You know what? Um, you know what? Where's this Miro been this whole time? They all this time they've had him like stuck in this stupid video game storyline garbage, and now they want to make him like a and they, now they want him to act like a monster. Well, it's about goddamn time. I'm just saying, like I don't know, like is it too late to like if they ruin him though? No, no. Okay. No. It- I mean, I, I can understand why you would say that because I, I've been very annoyed with how Miro has been handled in AEW mm-hmm. um, because that, as, you're, as you're saying, I think he should have been booked as an, as an ass kicker from the very beginning. Um, but, um, but if this f- facilitates him getting there um, with authority, then that's fine by me. I mean, I want to see. I want to see like where they go with this. Like, I just hope they don't uh, mess them up even worse. Well, yeah, but but see, see, but it's almost a good thing at this point because like they've set the bar so low with how they've handled them so far mm-hmm. that I don't think it could possibly get worse. Okay. Um, but but that being said, your point's very well made. 
Um, now, the ultimate low light of the night was Billy Gunn versus QT Marshall. What the fuck was this? I don't care. Hey, wait, Dude, wait, 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 where did that wooden chair appear from? In 80s wrestling show, apparently. Oh, my God. Um, but he, he broke it over and they come over and said the guy just stood there. <laughs> and Dustin Rhodes, I swear, at first I thought he was wearing a mask, and, and then I noticed that he just painted around his mouth. No, I mean the face paint was was sick as fuck. I love that. No, that was that was that was cool. Just like I thought it was an actual mask at first. But the the match, holy shit! Yeah, especially oh, I didn't like it. Something something was not was not. Uh, was not working there. Um, you know, it's just I'm not sold on the gun children. So don't. Who's so, it? Cole Colton and Austin is out there called their their names. Yeah, and uh, you know, n- n- no disrespect to Billy. I'm certainly not not talking about. His kids as, as individuals, but but as as wrestlers, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Christian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs Ooh. because because um, Christian Cage turned down a spot on uh, Team Taz. Um, okay, I mean I. I I want to see where this goes. I I really like the fact that that Christian is actually getting to wrestle and end his career his way. So I'm not hating on that at all. Um, T- Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy. Um, I I I like this match, but uh, um, but um, you know. I'm very con- I'm very confused with what Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky have to do with Darby Allen. <laughs> right, um, I didn't get that at all. You know, if 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 the show had just ended after the pen, um, you know, right after the match ended, I would have been cool. But the post match run in was a little bit weird for me, so. That knocked it down a little bit, but over, overall, I would have to say that this episode of Dynamite was extremely solid. Okay. And with, and with that, so we are going to move on to that, NXT UK. Again, I will slide the uh, virtual mic across the table. NXT Absolutely. UK. All right. Now... Uh, I miss NXT UK. I'm so glad I started watching it again. So, in in our opening match, we had Joe Coffee defeating Eddie, Eddie Dennis. This was a great match. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, I want to. I want to go back and take a look. And at uh, of course, we had um, we had um, I think they renamed one of the. There's a tag team called The Hunt, and they are they were called Primate and Wild Boar. I don't know if they renamed Wild Boar T Bone or something like that. It's just what? weird. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? T Bone. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, 
That, so, uh, that sounds borderline perverted. <laughs> <laughs> so the hunt uh, got involved that brought out Gallus, and so this feud continues. Uh, this uh, this match was a result of Eddie Dennis uh, getting involved in uh, Gallus's business. Gallus, of course, being made up of Joe Coffee, Mark Coffee, and Wolfgang. I did actually know that. Yeah. Then we had Sam Gradwell defeating Dave Mastiff. I have never been a fan of Dave Mastiff, although Sam Gradwell, I want to see more from this guy because I only heard the name. I We haven't really seen much from him. Yeah, I, uh, I admit that I haven't seen him, so I'd be interested to give him a look. Next, we had Ginny, the fashionista. I can't believe I said that word because that on the other show, that word is uh, not allowed. <laughs> uh, well, well, and, and for good reason. So Ginny defeated Danny Luna, and I love both of these women. They, I, I started out not liking Ginny because when, we, when I first started watching NXT UK, I thought she was really boring in the ring. She did. Right. She her finishing move was the makeover, which is pretty much the Bella Twins is a face buster, whatever they do. That was what it was. Uh, but it was like from the um, ropes, from the well, top rope. Don't do her the disservice of comparing her to the Bella Twins, Jesus. No, I'm saying that. That's so. That's no, 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 no. I I know, but I'm I'm just I I know I'm just yeah, making yeah. the joke. You know? Oh, but actually, I actually uh, that's uh, what she. Her in ring uh, was like uh, when I first saw her because I found her to be quite boring. But um, she's uh, this one's grown on me now. They've paired her with Joseph Connors, and he was another one that I really couldn't stand. But however, I start I started changing uh, my tune on him as well because he's starting to grow on me as well as a wrestler. So I yeah, thought I... these two are a great pairing, and uh, so Jenny defeats Danny Luna. Then in the main event, we have Mustache Mountain defeating Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels. So this was um, a fun tag team match. Mustache Mountain's always good in the ring. Um, Yeah, I I like Mustache Mountain a lot. So um, that was uh, the review of NXT UK, and I'm going to... Pass the mic back over to Ben for SmackDown. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, no, no, you know, in, in this case, there is no apology necessary because I actually really enjoyed SmackDown. Oh, oh, okay. All right, go on. Um, the opening segment uh, between uh, Cesaro and uh, actually, hold on, no. It's um yeah, it's Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um starting out in a in a segment. Um did you like Cesaro's uh from on the mic? Yeah, cause, yeah, because it, it started out a story that it was the um was the narrative throughout the evening. So Okay. He, he did, I, I mean look if Cesaro has a weak point, it's his promos, but I didn't mind it based off of the story that it set off uh, throughout the evening. I, I, I 
you know why? You know what I didn't like? I didn't like that this shows backwards. Because I think this first match should have been the main event. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Absol- absolutely, I can uh, I can see that. But um, I think the reason why that they uh, they left it off, um, or they um, not left it off, but left it at the beginning of the show, um, it was just because. Um, like like I said, it was meant to uh, set up the running theme throughout the show. So I think that's why they did that. Okay. Um, but um, you know, they could have. I think they could have interchanged the beginning and the end of the show, and it, it wouldn't have uh, it wouldn't have made too much of a difference either way. But um, but in terms of an opening match, this one actually did a very good job at uh, maintaining my attention. Now, how um, many segments did you give this? Because I, I counted three. Well, uh, well, let's see. You have you have the opening segment and then the match. No, so no, the, the, I'm, I'm talking the match alone because uh, how many commercial breaks did they go to? Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but the actual match itself was almost 20 minutes. Okay, okay, yeah, that no, that's what I'm saying because uh, they had quite a, they gave you quite a few segments here. Yeah, which I, which I actually enjoyed because um, if 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 there's like a consistent criticism that I have in terms of um, their top, in terms of WWE and their time management. It's like they don't give the they don't give the matches enough time to breathe, mm-hmm. and he or they either go in that direction or like they'll cut too many commercial breaks into the matches. Okay. And um, the, and on uh, last night, I felt like they did a better job in terms of not doing that as much. So I was I was quite pleased. Okay. Um. But um, yeah, I uh, I, lo- I loved the um, the opening match. Anything with Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, I'm I'm going to be captivated. There's no, there's just no um, two ways about it. And um, and sticking with that theme for a second, based off of what. What are the other things I have to discuss coming up next? Um, I love the fact that it's Ryan Reigns with the title next week on SmackDown because it elevates the importance of SmackDown. I'm looking it, forward to that. It makes because it's so rare and is so incredibly painfully, agonizingly rare. That something important must see happens on weekly television. Usually, weekly television is an absolute snooze fest to get through. I would rather watch paint dry than watch WWE weekly programming on on a weekly basis on most occasions, to tell you the truth. And the only reason I do is because out of loyalty to you in this podcast, so you're welcome, you lucky son of a bitch. 
But anyway, <clears throat> now, that, now that my charitable announcement is over with, um, yeah, this, uh, this played off very, very well. Um, something that did not go well, uh, Nia Jax versus Tamina. Mm. Can, can you say bathroom break? Oh. I, th- I thought I, th- I wanted to like the smash. I thought it would be good, but oh, it was terrible. Yeah, to to me, they can't couldn't wrestle her way out of a barn. I mean, she. I mean, it's just it's not possible. She's so bad. Mm-hmm. No, nothing against her as a human being. I I mean, I'm just saying. Good God. The fact that she's had a job for as long as she had is a miracle of epic proportions. However, no, no, however, only one person holds the record for still being there. Hold, hold not the job even uh, though he was he disappeared, and that's our free GTG. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... You know, I have nothing negative to say about JT. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, like he, I was, I was hilarious. I'm like no one even uh, knew that he was still with the company. <laughs> yeah, now, 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 the guy that, well, at least had who had that distinction previous to to this episode of SmackDown was Alistair Black. But Alistair Black has been found. Oh, speak about that one because I want to know what you think about that segment, that uh, vignette. I um, I really, I really liked it. Okay. I I absolutely did. Um, I I love the gimmick change, and I think if if anybody could pull off this this dark. Uh, foreboding, almost Undertaker-esque gimmick. You know what it reminded me of? Like, uh, like under Undertaker with a um, with a uh, with like a PhD. That was like the vibe I got off of. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it was just it was fascinating, and I'm, I'm Did really, you like the glasses though. Y- yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and and just and the video package and how and how they kind of uh, blended his tattoos into the beginning of the video package because he has a tattoo of Ella Fitzgerald on his hand. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, that kind of got blended into the very beginning of the story of the of the dragon and. Uh, and you know the the father kind of kind of raising the son to be the dragon rather than fearing the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I found I found it absolutely fascinating. Um, but but I think I think the reason why I liked it so much is because it's Alistair Black. I'm not sure somebody else could pull that kind of uh, promo off and have me buy into it. But Alistair Black certainly can. I want to see what and, goes because I'm 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 interested in seeing like what do they do with this character. Yeah, well, they better not fuck him up again. Seriously. Because 
Good God. The fact that he has been employed by WWE this long and they haven't done jack shit with him is an embarrassment of epic proportions. Yep. Like, just... Not, not, and I'm not talking just Aleister Black. Consider who they have on their roster, Elio. This is the most stacked roster I have ever seen, and yet the TV product couldn't possibly be any worse. What does that tell you? Yep. Uh, it, it's just wow. Um, but... Um, but yeah, so so the show ends with another um, segment revolving around Roman Reigns, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan, and uh, they continue the theme of Roman Reigns not taking Cesaro seriously. Now, did, did, did you want Daniel Bryan to get the tail shot, or did you want Cesaro? Well, I think I think eventually it's going to be Cesaro, but I like the way that, that that they played into this because it makes Roman Reigns seem even more important to the brand. Um, you know, because it's it's such a tradition for a challenger to, pardon the pun, challenge the champion to a match for the title. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a champion. Choose his own challenger. So do you, you think you think uh, Dan Ryan goes away for a while and then sh- shows up on Raw, or is he gonna come back? No, I I honestly I don't know if Daniel Bryan will be back because I'm I'm hearing that he wants to wrestle elsewhere. Yeah, well, he's with WWE. I don't know how that how well that's gonna work out though. But I I don't know, but um. You know, but either way, there's no way in hell that Roman Reigns loses next week. So no. some, something's going to happen with Daniel Bryan, and uh, and that, that's going to be interesting in and of itself. But them doing it this way with, um, with giving Bryan the title shot rather than Cesaro right now, this sets up Cesaro versus Reigns for WrestleMania back for WrestleMania backlash, yep. um, and and I think I think it's it's good because it serves to get Cesaro even more pissed that he's not being taken seriously by Roman Reigns because the viewer watching it because if you if you really think about it. Roman Reigns is exactly right. Like, he doesn't, like, based on how WWE has treated him, he doesn't stack up as a a world title level challenger. But the the fans that have been been watching uh, Cesaro for so long, we know damn well that Cesaro is a world title challenger. Uh, level challenger, and that he should have been—he um, should have been the world champion at least five times by now. So th- that dichotomy of of Reigns being a dick and and just looking at how the company has treated him as a chump, and thereby Roman Reigns is going to treat him as a chump, whereas all the viewers watching know that. 
that he's a championship level guy. Lighting that fun, lighting that fire under Cesaro is going to lead to some hellacious matches between the two, and I can't wait to see it. So that's what ended uh, Friday Night SmackDown, and uh, with that, our weekly review of WWE television comes to an end, and uh, we will be moving on to reviewing the first in an eight-part series on A&E revolving around WWE legends, the first of which was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, Elio, I have to tell you, I was, I was very impressed with this documentary. What did you think? I enjoyed this documentary. It, uh, it uh, highlighted his uh, career from growing up in Texas all the way to... Uh, training to become a wrestler and um, starting on ECW uh, following being fired from WCW. And uh, they even showed uh, the promo that he cut where he was just told to go out there and talk and and, uh, express his feelings. And uh, that's exactly what he did. He expressed the way he felt uh, about being fired from World Championship Wrestling. Yes, uh, still, still to this day, one of my favorite promos. So and uh, and I I I remember uh, back in 1993 the whole stunning Steve Austin the Hollywood Blondes they were one of my favorite teams and yeah. I remember my favorite um, pay per view was the 1992 uh, Wrestle War I believe or War Games right it was Sting's Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance that was one of my favorite pay per views. Oh, I'll have to. Uh, I... I want to say that was War Games. Um, well, yeah, it, it was one of those uh, titles, but yeah, it was inside the cage, Sting Squadron, and uh, the Dangerous Alliance. But um, yeah, I uh, I started watching wrestling like I think right before, um, right before the Hollywood Blondes came to being. So. Um, Consequently, the Hollywood Blondes were one of the first tag teams I remember seeing, and it was it was them and uh, Harlem Heat that really got me into tag team wrestling. As uh, yeah, they don't get them get us started on beach on uh, Bash at the Beach '96 and that stupid card that they had. And that oh. free show, my God. Oh, well, we already reviewed that on and a that past edition of the show. Jesus Christ. How do you put Harlem Heat on a free show? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> how do you put the Steiner brothers on a pre show? <laughs> what, what, what the fuck was that? Anyway, before the veins pop out of my neck. Before you go on, yeah, um, so like 96, I was f- watching off and on, so I didn't even get to watch King of the Ring 96, but I did see the King of the Ring promo. I saw that one, but like back then I was still in school, so that's my time was focused on uh, more on that. So I didn't, I got to see the ringmaster, that was a terrible gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, well, 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 even, even, uh, even, um, even thought it was stupid. <laughs> even Stone Cold, Stone yeah. Cold said something to the degree like it's the stupidest shit I've no, ever. Uh, did you hear some of the names that they came up with for him? 
Yeah, like Mr. Freeze and, uh, you know... Um, First of all, Mr. Freeze is a Batman character. Yeah, and a, and a very bad one at that. <laughs> um, just all kinds of things. Oh, I can't even think of them offhand, but they were just so bad. Just, oh, uh, no, but, but the the thing that was that was interesting to me is like obviously they spent a lot of time on uh, the King of the Ring really uh, really romanticizing the beginning of the three sixteen era, yep. and I kind of disagree with that. I don't think it was the beginning. I mean, they say oh, it was. Well, okay, what well, was the beginning for you? Um. Well, I, I, just, I just think he was headed in that direction well before this promo. Well before this promo. I think it was ECW, that promo on ECW. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, But having said that, it was interesting that they spent so much time talking about the Austin 316 promo at King of the Ring because it was the next night on... Monday Night Raw. His um his coronation. That was the night where I after that night, that was when I consistently started watching Monday Night Raw. And ever since then, I I've been watching. Um prior to that, my I mean I was really uh hardcore WCW guy prior to ninety-six. Um, or I should say WCW kid because I was, you know, so little at the time. Um, but, um, but it's, but it really, um, it really did a good job, uh, capturing his career and actually the, um, the ending of, of the thing where they were talking about him having to walk away after uh, you know WrestleMania 19, and the fact that he had been in the hospital the night before, and him having to make the decision to you know walk away, um, and really talking about his struggle struggles of having to retire before he wanted to, th- that was the most interesting part for me, and. Um, one of one of the part it's amazing because the review I'm looking at actually did a, does a perfect job of voicing what I found to be the most interesting part of the of the documentary, um, and that was when Kevin Owens was talking about Austin's impact on the current um, crop of superstars. Um, he said that that Austin really like set the bar almost too high for the current uh, generation to uh, to reach because every every superstar nowadays is compared to Austin. Like, yeah, what you're doing is cool, but it's not Austin level. And I, you know, I think it's so rare because if you really think about it, the era that we became wrestling fans. Um, well, I know mine, you're slightly older than me, but, um, but, you know, but the Attitude Era really had, like, 
a lot of superstar level talent converging at the same time, uh, which un- is unlike any era in wrestling, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, you know, for Austin to be the biggest name out of all of those people, arguably, um, you know, and, and Kevin Owens was just saying because of that, um, he's like, he's like really hard to get out of his shadow. So I, I found that to be the most interesting bit. Um, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually really glad that they didn't get into some of the darker stuff, like the domestic abuse case. I was, I was worried that that would be a focus because I, I remember reading that in the 2003 doc, uh, in the 2003 biography. So I was really worried about that, but I'm glad that they stayed away from it because that really has nothing to do with his actual career. You know what I mean? No, so, but overall, I really enjoyed this uh, documentary. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, then this is one that I highly recommend. It airs again tomorrow night at 6 p.m., Sunday, April 25th at 6 p.m., right before the Roddy Piper one. Absolutely. And that, that, that may very well be um, a, uh, a highlight of the series. It was a toss-up between this one and the one on Booker T as the ones that I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, do you have a list of all eight? I know they're doing one on Shawn Michaels. Um, let me see if I can find it. I don't have it um, right now, but let me see if I can find it. Uh, I'm gonna look here as well. A and E biography series. Right. So it's gonna be. Uh, we saw Steve Austin. They're gonna have one on Randy Savage. Oh. Uh, Roddy Piper, which is obviously uh, coming up tomorrow night. Can't wait for that. Get me some popcorn for that bitch, please. Um, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Mick Foley, and The Ultimate Warrior. Jeez, I'm looking forward to all of those. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but I, I think I think Booker T might steal the show on 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 that. Like for, for for me, it might be either Randy Savage or Ultimate Warrior. Because I grew, I grew up during that time where they were like the big stars of the 80s. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Okay, Ben, before we close out the show, oh, wait, is that, is that it with the biography? Yeah. Okay, so before we close out the show, I actually found a trivia, trivia questions I forgot to tell you, mentioned. I only found it yesterday. Oh, very good. Shoot. What do you got? Oh, well, do you know what Alexa Bliss? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Are you ready? Cue the wet dreams of all the nerds. <laughs> okay. Whom did Alexa defeat to win her first title? Naomi, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, or Nikki Bella? I think it was Naomi, wasn't it? 
Becky Lynch. Oh, boo. Alexa was the first to win both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. True or false? Uh, true. True. Who was, okay, hold on. Who was Alexa's first guest on a moment of bliss? Lana, Ruby Riot, Brie Bella, or Ronda Rousey? Oh, God. Lana, I think. Ronda Rousey. Okay. Okay. Uh, Which year did Alexa win Money in the Bank? 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020? I think 2018. Correct. Who did she pin to win her the first women's chamber match, Sasha Banks, Mandy Rose, Oscar, or Ember Moon. Didn't she pin Oscar? Sasha Banks. Oh. Which WrestleMania did Alexa host? 33, 34, 35, or 36? Oh, God. 35? Correct. Okay, Okay. Uh, which Royal Rumble match did she enter number one at 2018, 2019, 2021? Um, Uh, 2019? 2020. Oh, boom. So close. All right. I believe this is the last question. Who did Alexa face in her first one-on-one WrestleMania match? Natalia, Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, or Bailey? Bailey? Nia Jax. Well, that that was a hell of an anticlimactic ending to the show and an anticlimactic WrestleMania debut for Alexa Bliss. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you, you poor, you poor, poor woman. Oh, but I do love what they're doing with her now. Well, well, yes, and yes, and no, because the fact that they're putting more effort into Alexa Bliss than Bray Wyatt yeah. is cr- criminal. They should have been putting this degree of effort into Bray Wyatt, but now instead, he lost at Hell in a Cell. To Seth Rollins, he lost in Saudi Arabia to Bill Goldberg. He lost the WWE Championship right after winning it to Roman Reigns. You know what else could they possibly yeah. do to destroy this poor son of a bitch? Yeah. Um, all right. So we see this week's show to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans. This has been the Pre and Wrestling Podcast. He's Ben. I'm Elio. We will talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodnight to the feds. Thanks for paying attention. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we have plenty more action coming your way uh, starting, uh, well, continuing uh, next week. Oh, yes. Uh, There's no shortage of content with this long movie list I have. No, and and with um with the uh, document with the biography series. Oh, I'm looking forward to them as well. 
And and the dark side of the ring, man. Yes, yes, so, yes. Uh, make no mistake. Um, in combination with all that, plus um, WrestleMania backlash and the upcoming Double or Nothing, we have plenty coming your way right here on the PNC. Double or Nothing. Are they still doing that? What? Are they still doing that? Double or Nothing. I think. I think so. Or is it? Didn't, or did they replace it with blood and guts? I, I I thought blood and guts was just an extra one. I didn't hear about canceling. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, we we will figure that out, and uh, we will bring that right here to all of you fans when that time arrives. With that, we will say good night for this week, and we we'll back next week. It's fire! It's freedom! It's